You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. HuntStand is the most popular and functional mobile hunting app on the market. With a variety of base maps to choose from, satellite imagery that is updated every month, the ability to check the weather, no property information, and even catalog your trail cam picks, HuntStand even gives you the ability to import pins and location markers from other mobile apps. Visit HuntStand.com or download wherever you download your apps. Enter discount code SN20 at checkout for 20% off. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin-cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Attention, if you're an eastern whitetail hunter with dreams of hunting elk, antelope, or mule deer out west, but are overwhelmed with the knowledge gap, look no further than Outdoor Class. Outdoor Class features professionally produced courses taught by the world's leading outdoor experts and can be consumed on your phone, computer, or TV. Visit OutdoorClass.com and start the process of making your hunting dreams come true. Use discount code EMPIRE20 at checkout for 20% off. Welcome to Missouri Woods and Water Podcast with your host, Nate and Andy. Mike had decided uh, he had more important things to do today. <laughs> it's very rare that it's just you and I. So talk all the shit you want, my friend. Yeah. Just get after it. He, he needs it. Because he does he, it every time you're it. every time you're not here, he talks the shit. I get, we'll see on the next episode. I guarantee Micah does not listen to this. He I, I, I'll be honest with you, I don't listen to all of them, but I, know I will you say don't. this, and I bet Micah doesn't listen, so unless I get a response, I'm going to say Micah doesn't listen, Okay. and he can kiss it. Listen to this KFKF. <laughs> I don't think he listens to KFKF. No, he's listening to 103.3 Hot Jams or some <laughs> shit. Hey, you know what it is, that means you listen to it. Well, I was 14. 103 Jams, baby. People from Kansas City know exactly what we're talking about. Yep. Everybody else is like, what the hell? That's true. Yeah. Well, it makes it out about about this this far, to be honest with you. Yeah. So what are you up to? Same old, same old. Just trying to. You tired from last weekend? Kill coyotes and. You still catching up on sleep last weekend? I think I finally got caught up. <laughs> yeah. We, we both decided to go out night hunting. And, uh, Two nights in a row. Well, I did. I don't. I, I just went one night. Yeah. Okay. Against my better judgment, I stayed out later than I probably should have. You guys uh, had a good night though. You killed five. Dude, we killed five, but we should have killed probably twelve. So you like from a coyote perspective, you guys had a lot of action then. I seen twelve in one field. See, we only saw four dogs all night. Oh, killed no. three of them. 
We called in multiple doubles. Uh, we did shoot one that we never found. Um, but I have one sight for some reason. I think I figured it out. I think it's the temperature is shifting my zero. And I'm talking about less than 100 yards coyotes and that doesn't make any just sense. whiffing them. It does. So humidity and temperature can shift the zero in a thermal sight. Hmm. I've been researching, trying to figure it out because I pulled it out and I or, shot Or is it because times. you're zero going back to the middle? That whole conversation we were having. I'll have to admit I was wrong on that. Told you. So if you're if you're if your crosshairs are back in the middle, then maybe that's your problem. Is it's they're not, not zero back in anymore. the middle? Yeah, they're not. They're so they're just very close to the middle. It just looks like it is. It looks yeah. like it is. So I want you to admit to all of our listeners I just that did. I was right. I just did. I said yeah. I was wrong. Well, and like even mine, it looks about perfect. It's just a little bit low, maybe a little left, but mm-hmm. you'd have to be really paying attention now. Now my old gun, it was on. It was like low and left you could yeah. tell it was off but they said uh, most guns it should be almost dead center just because the way they're set up yeah. it might be high or low but yeah. it should be most of them are going to be pretty close pretty yeah. darn close because it's a digital scope and yeah. not yeah anyway but no, that's about it that just sucks uh, dude, i'll tell you guys i'm gonna take some kids this weekend which is convenient because it's kind of the topic of the show oh that's a good point so yeah i had a we had probably the craziest thing ever happened yeah tell us about that i even got to hear this story really i mean i did but not like in detail so me russ and micah went out and we only were planning on just doing like four or five sets mm-hmm. um because micah wanted to go back to that that place where he had the depredation tag oh yeah killed another one there by the way oh cool um i'll tell you about that one that was cool yeah um and then uh another spot that he just got and then a few old ones that he had had hunted just mm-hmm. to see them. Well, we went to the the depredation tag place and we set up on the east side, like we had talked about. If we go back there and we don't go to that side of the farm, we're yeah. stupid. Yep. So we did, and we had sat there for maybe you know eighteen minutes. I actually closed the caps on my um, thermal and said, "This is it." Micah goes, "There's a coyote right there," and it was you know in that field. <clears throat> And uh like in that thick stuff. Yep. So me and me and Russell both get on it and all you can see is the coyote's head and maybe like part of the neck looking mm-hmm. back at us. It was broadside looking back at us. Hundred and thirty five yards, I think. Russell says, I'll shoot the head. I said, I'm gonna shoot for what I think where I think the right. body is. And shot and it just disappears. So I thought we missed it. Right. And I'm like, ah, damn. Dude, I blew a hole through that thing's shoulder like you would not believe really? it. That six arc. Hmm. Just dropped it where I mean it didn't even budge from the yeah. blood pool. So I really need to move my sight because I intended fully intended that to six be on arc. the six arc, dude. I'm telling you, you would, you're gonna. It's love on it. my six five, but my six five so heavy. It's like a thirteen so pound heavy. gun. I'm telling you, that six arc so fun, man. But I have a lot of ammunition for my six five. <laughs> That's, that makes it hard. Yeah. But the story that was crazy, right? Right. So. uh the other dog we killed, I don't even remember where we were. Oh, we were back at that uh, the other the spot where we killed the female, not the male. Mm-hmm. We killed the male. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, he came in, just poked his little head up, and I'm like, there you are. I like that scanner, man. I do. It's nice. But the crazy story is we go to this spot. We've never killed a dog before, ever. We park the truck. We literally get out, walk 20 yards, and stand in front of the cedar tree. Mm-hmm. We're calling. We hear dogs all around us re- reply, but at least 500 plus yards away. Right. Each pack. We're sitting there for a while, blah, blah, blah. Next thing you know, Russell turns it. It was 
from the left to right, Russell, Micah, me. I was furthest right. Russell was furthest left. Okay. All of a sudden, Russell turns around and is like, what the? And all of a sudden, you hear, a coyote had run across the road right in front of our truck (laughs) and right up behind us. Oh, wow. Straight downwind of us, by the way. And then when it got to us, started bouncing around, and that's what I heard it start growling, and, and I could hear, like, grass rustling from it running. And Russell goes, there's a coyote bleeping right behind us. So I say, what? And about that time, Russell said, it's running around the tree. It ran around the cedar tree about 25 yards away and got behind another cedar tree to my right. Mm-hmm. So I was the closest one to the dog. So I swing my gun, find the dog, shoot it, and explode a tree branch. Oh, Just, no. I mean, boom. I'm like, yeah, I missed, guys. <laughs> I can tell you that. Well, the dog takes off and goes, runs out in front of us mm-hmm. at 120 yards. And then stops right at this little tiny berm and once again just is showing us its chest and neck. Russell says, I'm going to aim for the head, I think, and I I aim for dead center Mm -hmm. chest. And uh, she died. Nice. It was a young female, too. That's the craziest part about it. Well, I wonder if you guys are playing, if she thought another female was coming into her territory. It's Depending possible. on what sounds she thought, I'd be curious to see like what that what sounds you all played to figure uh, out. So I did a lone howl, yeah, uh, and then a female invite. I bet you she thought another female was about to take her man. Yeah, and I don't remember if I had moved into other stuff or not, uh, but it was, dude, it was, it was the I've never been that close to a coyote. That's pretty cool, you know, like that. Now I never actually saw it because yeah. it was dark outside. Yeah, but you know, just hearing it right there, and Russell's like, dude, I could feel its breath. Like it was nuts. it was right behind got him. Bit. I almost feel like he did. Yeah. Which, you know, the call was in front of us another, you know, yeah, it 40 was yards. off of you guys, not off of that call. Yeah, it, I think it want, you know, it, it knew something was there, that's mm. for sure. But and it awesome. wasn't like mangy or nothing. It's a good-looking dog. Um, you know, that kind of plays into a little bit, you know, the experience you're talking about, what we uh, talk about today on the podcast. Memories. Memories. That's going to be a core memory for you. I mean, nice what is that segue. called? Nice Pivot. Pivot. Andrew. Yeah. What are, we, uh, what are we talking about today? We have uh, Josh Ishmael on with Flatlanders. And Josh is doing something pretty cool. Um, little Took a little turn, I guess, in his career somewhat. He's still doing what he what he always does in the filming-wise, but he is uh, now He's authoring. now a published author. Yeah. He's uh, uh, authoring, writing some children's books about the outdoors yeah hunting fishing he's got four books and a coloring book out right now and uh spoiler alert sounds like there's more to come yeah and we talk about the books in the show um and we will link them in the description as well um but let's get into some sponsors before we start let's get through these guys so uh you know show our appreciation for the people who allow us to do what we do and then talk to josh yeah so let's start with um let's see here all right, um, let's start with Habitat Works. Right now is the time, guys. If you're going to do some, you know, some preparedness, some some off-season work, you need to be getting hold of our uh, our buddy Dustin Williams. We uh, need to be getting hold of our yeah, buddy Dustin. Yeah, we need to also. Uh, we need to have a show with him soon. We have a grand plan that I'm I'm worried is slipping through my fingers because I'm not getting it. We're not getting it done, but. Um, Dustin is going to be a part of that show and that plan. If it doesn't happen, we're still going to have him on. But um, 
check him out at Habitat Works. 816-752-7390. Mention us when you call. Get 15% off any service. Now's a great time, like Andy said, to be doing this stuff. Timber stand improvement, forestry mulching, prescribed fires, and then mapping and planning is the stuff I like. Yep. Uh, Camo Fire. Camo Fire, your daily uh, flash sale for all things sporting and hunting. Never know what's going to be on there, and you're talking crazy discounts. You're talking 20, 30, 40% off. Download the app and get yourself in trouble and now, buy some cool stuff. Now's the time of year I used to spend most of my money on here because I yeah. get season was kind of over for me from a deer perspective and, and elk. I would start buying stuff start for next year. Planning for next year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, good discounts on there. Check them out. Yeah. Huntworth, um, Huntworth gear, dude. I'm going to say it. <laughs> I love bibs. You're now a bib guy. I wore bibs Friday and Saturday yep. night. And all I wore was a base layer on my bottoms, my bibs, a base layer on top, and my coat. Dude, I wore it's... nothing else on top, and I actually got hot. I used I used their heat most... boost stuff is a game changer. This night hunting, yeah, you dude. throw on some heat boost. Holy shit! I'm not scared of any temperature. Most of our sets, I had my coat unzipped. Yep. Because I was hot. Yep. And even actually, the second night, I didn't even wear my uh, Matterhorn coat. I wore my Saskatoon coat, yep. and I was still. I've been wearing, and I don't know what it, what it is, that thinner hoodie with a face mask. Oh, um. Can't think of the name of it. Shelton. The Shelton hoodie. Yeah. With the, uh, the, uh, vest. Yeah. Money. Worked pretty good, huh? Yeah. Dude, it's just to keep that, that warmth. The core Because it's got you, yeah. Pretty sweet. So check them out, huntworthgear.com. Use our code MWW15 for 15% off, uh, when you check them out. Black Ovis. All things hunting, camping, check them out. Um, you know, any like in anything off season wise, you're starting to prepare. They got boots, they got clothes, they got arrows, broadheads, you name it. Check them out. All your hunting needs. Boots and clothes makes me think of boats and hose. Yeah, let's yeah. <laughs> yeah skip that one. <laughs> MWW10 for ten percent off from Black Ovis. Blackovis.com. Athlon Optics ridiculously. <laughs> I did it. Good optics. Ridiculously good price. Yep. I, uh, I'm i waiting for some, some rings to put my Midas tack on. I'm telling you that Midas, I had arguably, I think, no, it's not arguably. It's my favorite scope I've ever owned. See, that's why I think I might end up with a Kronos soon because the Kronos has the exact same reticle. That reticle, that aperture, whatever you call it, in mm-hmm. the in that scope is money. It, it's a mine's a five by twenty five, which for me is perfect. That's exactly what I want. It's my favorite scope. I recommend a Midas Tac if you guys are looking at something. I'm a first focal plane guy. We all are now. It, it, yep. it checks all the boxes. So yeah, uh, you run a Midas Tac five by twenty five. I also have a Midas Tac, same exact scope. I also run an Aries mm-hmm. um, ETR UHD. Three by eighteen. I just realized I'm a pretty f- big fan of all the Midas line because I like the Midas rangefinder. I got the Midas tripod. Which Me I think they only have one rangefinder. They have two. They, they do. They oh, have they the Midas one, one mile, then they have the other. Yeah, that's right. Shorter range one. Yeah. But, um, uh, I'm ranging stuff out to a thousand yards. Where my old, I won't say name of it, my older one would. Well, like, no top shit. Out it was 47 years old, man. Might have been like 10 years old. <laughs> yeah, but check them out. Athlonoptics.com. They got some good stuff, man. Um, Alps Outdoors, 
We are huge fans of the stuff. We're actually going through and looking at some stuff we need to get for this year. Missouri-based company. Awesome folks, too. We're probably going to have them on the show to do some stuff this year. Um, they have a foundation that, about getting kids in outdoors, too. Mm-hmm. They are always our biggest supporter. Yes, um, they've been great to us. For the uh, youth hunt that we sponsor every year. So love working with those guys. Check them out, alpsoutdoors.com. Use the code 2023WOODSWATER. It's a new code for this year for 30 freaking percent off. That is awesome. Their stuff. Guys, um, turkey season's coming quick. They have some of the best packs. I believe voted 2022. I want to say turkey vest of the year by I, I sport I remember the award. Let me check it Go out. Go to their I, website. I being on there, yeah. They have the turkey two of them, turkey vest of the year and their uh, grand slam is one of the uh, it's award-winning turkey vests. I know they won the elite, the new elite pack won an award at Shot Show. Yep. Or yeah, where was that? Yeah, Shot Show. Cuz they were Long Spur Deluxe is phenomenal. Then they have the uh Grand Slam. We're going down a rabbit hole right now, but uh, Yeah, the Grand Slam won best turkey vest best, for long sits by Outdoor yeah, Life. Best turkey vest for long sit 2022 for out from Outdoor Life and then the Super Elite 4.0 won best overall uh from field I'm assuming and stream. turkey vest yeah. 2022 from field and stream so check them out highly recommend both of those as long as as well as the long spur deluxe and uh <coughs> their elite packs as far as big game packs are money too <laughs> they got a new uh I'm bino ex- harness coming. I knew what you're going to, i'm excited for that that shield bino harness yep yeah On maybe maybe i'll list. finally make it into the bino harness i mean i keep trying and then i yeah stop wearing it all right, Zamberland boots. You can't get. I, mean, I, I don't know. I've always been a cheap boot guy when I grown up. Just you know, whatever was available at Walmart type deal or Orsons. Zamberlands changed the game for me. I don't know. My my mastodons are covered in shit now. You stepped in by a pile of it. I stepped in a pool of cow shit walking out yeah. Saturday night. Um. So that was cool. You would think like the so those crestas we have. I have the high top ones. Mm-hmm. They're some of the lightest ones we have, like boots that they have in general. Mm-hmm. But mine are that high top dude. That money in night hunting because they have offer support and you're walking through fields you can't see, and they're lightweight. No, busting your ankles. Yeah. Yeah. Check them out. ZamberlandUSA.com. I think that's it for our sponsors. Got them all. Got one more thing. Let's do it. Let's do a giveaway. I like it. I like giveaways. We've been talking about this for a while. Okay. Okay. We're going to do it a little differently. We're gonna make you do a little work as the listener, but you got a chance to win a free hat, a new hat. The new, I guess. So coyote we, hunting hat. If you haven't seen, we have a new coyote alternate logo. Yep. And we've got some hats. We might sell some. Don't know. But we want to give one away. And the the only the only thing you have to do to enter to win one of these hats is go to either iTunes or Spotify. Um, wherever they do reviews on podcasts. Apple Podcasts. Yep. Leave us a review, preferably five stars. <laughs> right, yeah. But, hey, you do what you want to do. <laughs> Don't go leave us a crappy review. You're not getting the hat. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, leave us a review, and then the only way we're really going to know, because, you know, sometimes They're kind of you don't want to put your – yeah. Um, send us a DM on any of the, the social media platforms that we're on, Go Wild, right. uh, Instagram, or Facebook. Send us a DM. Letting us know you left us a review. Yep. And we will enter you. And guys, if we get 
you know, 100 DMs, but only 50 reviews, we're going to know. We're going to know. We're going to know. But I think it makes it, you know, decent chances to win a hat. Um, send us a DM, and this will come out on Tuesday. We will uh, pick the winner the um, the following Monday. So five days after this comes out, okay. we'll pick the winner, and we'll send you a free hat. We've got a few colors to choose from. We've got a few more colors supposed to be coming in. Don't know when they make it. Um, and we'll we'll let you have one of our cool new uh, Missouri Woods and Water Missouri yeah. Woods and Water Coyote logo hats. So do that. Only way you're going to get it so far. Yeah. We'll do it other uh-huh. ones probably. All right. You want to get into the show? We've already gabbed for 18 minutes. So whoever's still listening. This is the, the Missouri, Missouri Woods and Water, Water Podcast. Okay. With us tonight, we've got Josh Ishmael with Flatlanders TV. Josh, what's up, man? Nothing, guys. Just uh, actually went shed hunting today and found a couple old ones, but uh, nothing new. But that's all we got going on right now. There you go. That's there good. Go. That's that good. Kind of a good day for it. I mean, nothing. Uh, it wasn't too cold, but uh, it was cold, but not too cold. Yeah, that's what I was getting. Yeah, at. for February, it's a pretty good day. Let's but, see. Yeah, you're not too far. From, you're not too far from us, right? I mean, you're you're right. uh, just across yep. the state line. You're in Kansas, aren't you? Yep, just uh, a little bit east of Lawrence. So with a big snowstorm coming, we figured it was a good day to get out before they get kind of buried in snow. And so uh, we've got probably half our deer have dropped and uh, try to get after them a little bit. But no luck and didn't want to barge way into the bedrooms yet to try to blow them out. And then they drop on the neighbors and we don't want that either. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And today is February, what, 15th? 15th. We're recording this. Today is the day of the parade for the Kansas City Chiefs. We talked about it a little bit before we recorded. <laughs> None of us went. While everybody else was busy at the parade, Josh was uh, shed hunting. I was in northeast Missouri working, and you were working too. Yep. So um, I, I like all these people that can take off work at a, like a minute's, minute's notice. notice. Must be nice. Well, I think they closed like 90% of the city. <laughs> right. Well, I know they, t- they closed our school. Um, so a lot of the kids from like my daughter's grade went to the parade. So – it was creating uh, issues for employers, I think, because, you, I mean, you can't just shut down everything. <laughs> I mean, I well, don't know. Did you see how many people were there? There's a lot of people there. Yeah. Shut down a lot. But So what have you guys been up to out there at Flatlanders? I know you guys were at ATA because that's where Micah and I ran India. But what have you been up to out there? Yeah, yeah. yeah we, did, we did ATA. Um, we had a great year this year deer hunting-wise. We killed – we were four for five. Uh, Jess and I killed great deer. Jess actually killed a, a drop-time deer. Oh, man. Um, our oldest – Jackson killed, oh, I mean, probably, if not his biggest, dang close to his biggest. And then our youngest, and he's he's 10, um, our youngest is 7, and she killed her fourth deer now. No way. And our middle, who's 9, he didn't kill one this year, but he actually never even went. We never even had anything show back up on camera that was mature or anything. So he's up first for turkey season, and he uh, he draws the first card for deer next year. So There you go. Try to keep it as fair as possible with three kids. It gets a little jealous yep. in, in our yeah. the woods. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's awesome. So, did you just do ATA? Did you do any other shows? No, just ATA. Um, I did shot show for ten or twelve years or something, and for the exact same reason, I didn't go to the KCK or the the Chiefs parade today. I, shot show is just a mess. I mean, there's mm-hmm. so many people, and it's hard to get business done at shot show because there's so many people you can't talk to anyone and ata is still kind of that handshake deal where 
you can pop into a sponsor booth and talk to the marketing director somewhat. At SHOT Show, it's not like that at all. It's it's so many people, so hard to to get to talk to anybody. And yeah, like I said, I didn't go to the tea spray today because 500,000 people doesn't sound good. So I went shed hunting by myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fair enough. Did you go to ATA as uh, media also? What were you in there as? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, media. So what do you, you think? Um, I mean, have you been every year recently or yep. when's the last time you've been? Um. We've been right before COVID was the last time we had went. We didn't go last year or the year before, I guess. So we hadn't gone in two years. But before that, I'd went for, shoot, I don't know, 12 or 15 years in a row. Yeah. So, Which I'm sure you have a different perspective. This was our first year, Micah and I. Uh, we decided we wanted to try to go, so we went. Andy uh, bitched out go. on us and didn't go. But, <laughs> I'm a guy running. You know, the only thing I, I would say is like, we were so busy on Thursday that it felt like Friday was over by lunch, which a lot of exhibitors were putting, you know, starting to, to what do you pack call up. it, pack up at noon, you know, around lunch. And so you kind of felt like the place was getting a little empty, which we were able to talk to some people a little bit more then. But, man, I almost feel like I had one more day to really play with some items. That's the one thing I think I missed out on is I didn't get to mess with as much stuff as I normally would have. Cause I yeah. felt like I was trying to say hello to a lot of people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. So I, I guess I misunderstood your question. In the first place, the, the previous years at this ATI, I saw a group of 25 people around one booth. It was a backpack company and they were giving away a backpack and there was a big crowd around this backpack company. And there was 25 people were like, wow, what's going on over there? Back in the day, I say that like I'm an old man, but <laughs> But six or seven years ago, when Scent Crusher had just come out, they used to have, and all the bow companies did their launches at mm-hmm, ATA. Right. So it was nothing. I remember at the time I was filming for McMillan River Adventures, and we were sponsored by uh, Elite Archery. And we showed up to their booth, and there was 250 people wrapped around the booth. Michael Buffer, the UFC yeah. announcer oh, yeah. there. He was the one announcing all the bows for this year's lineup from Elite Archery. And he, I mean, he like full did the, it's time. And it was a huge That's deal. Uh, Scent Crusher, they would throw out these, like they have wind checker grenades mm-hmm. and they'd throw them out in the crowd and there'd be 250 people wrapped around. And there, I remember Hardy, when he first was starting, he was playing in the lobby at ATA. No joke. And you're like, oh my God. I mean, it was crazy. So, when you see like ATA this year, if this was your first year and you walk through and, and you can walk up and down the aisles, like uh-huh. no problem. Five or six years ago, you, it was like, I mean, ass to elbows, you were sliding against people's backs, getting down the aisles because there were so many people there. It's mm. amazing. The amount of people that aren't there now. So maybe I, I, I'll be very surprised next year when it moves to St. Louis, a lot of the people I talk to aren't going. Oh man. Yeah. A lot of the, the manufacturers, they're like, we're not going. Cause it's, it's at least in Louisville, it is, you're able to, it was in Louisville, right? Indianapolis. Indianapolis. They, you could stay in a hotel and walk the bridgeways over and down into it. Yep. Louisville, you can't St. Louis, you can't. Yeah. So you have to stay off and then drive in. Well, then they charge you for parking and it's a pain. And it's, I mean, no offense to St. Louis, but, it's 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 not nashville right it's not right. dallas it's not a big place to get things done and 
I mean, kind of the armpit of Missouri, I feel like. <laughs> hey, oh, I St. Louis it. listeners, we're sorry. Remember yeah, Josh said sorry. it, not us. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we'll probably be going next year just because it's in our own home state, right? But well, I'll, I'll be honest with you, like, I kind of hope it never gets back because I felt like it was, you know, there were people there this year. But like you said, we were able to easily get from one area to the other. You know, we could have more intimate conversations right. with people instead of just like, hey, and you know, away you went. Um, yeah, I well, mean, people are real good. They're they're real good about hiding their marketing managers. They're smart. You know I mean, they've right. been this run around forever. Like, hey, uh, can I talk to your marketing guy? Or I'm so and so with this and that. And they're like, oh yeah, well he's at lunch. And I'm like, I know him. He's like four people away from you right now. He's just standing <laughs> there, just hiding him. So right. the bad thing that I didn't like was the bow companies didn't showcase their bows really. I mean, and and the amount of distributor like mossy oak real tree like they weren't at ata this year so that i mean that kind of sucks i mean it makes you wonder what the direction of it is you know going forward yeah. like is it is it are shows dying off or are they transitioning to different shows is you know what's the, what's well, with, the future i think of... with the digital yeah because they did digital what two years ago at digital ata mm-hmm. well i mean i can tell if a product's cool online yeah. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't need to have it in my hand. Like now I, I guess a bow and stuff like that, I would rather shoot it before I buy it rather than just, I'm not going to buy a used car off Carvana on the internet, but I mean, I, I like, I do like touching things, but it's not as relevant anymore. If you see Lee by Morgan using it, well, there's credibility behind that person's name. So, yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, social media has hurt, shows and especially like from the bow manufacturers i mean that like you said they used to all release their flagship bows at ata every year and this year hoyt matthews um elite none of them were there um pse bowtech um some other ones were there and uh, i think prime might have been there i can't remember but i only got to shoot the pse um Mm -hmm. which was cool but i didn't even feel like i had time like i always felt like we were on to the next thing and of course that was our first year so you know it was just a lot going yeah. on, but, uh, it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming yeah. for sure. It's a, it's a kid in a candy store type mentality when you see all the different outdoor products and, and you need to go to each one for us. It's a little different because we're going to sponsors and we're renewing contracts and stuff. So we're not really bouncing around for, to check out all the products. It's kind of, it's kind of a different thing for us. We're, we're having to go re-sign contracts for the for that year or see the new products and learn the new products so we can get out and promote the new products right right right. yeah yeah so long story short that's how this all kind of started yeah so long story short mike and i walk by and uh josh i think was sitting on a couch him and his uh wife now or fiance nope wife Yeah. okay i know you guys got engaged but i couldn't remember how long ago but Anyway, we walk by, I'm like, hey, I'm pretty sure that's Flatlanders right there. So we, we said hello to you guys and got to talking. And you talked about some books. And well, let's back up a little bit. Yeah. Let him tell us about himself, about who Flatlanders is. Oh, yeah. Is I totally forgot you. about that. Skip, you know. um, 10 minutes into it, let's talk about an introduction. <laughs> tell the folks, tell our listeners uh, who you are, what Flatlanders is, and a little bit about yourself before we get into the, the meat and potatoes of today's topic. Could call yeah, so Flatlanders, we're a, a family, a family-based show. Uh, so myself, my wife Jessica, and she has three kids. So I have three kids. Um, they didn't hunt, they didn't fish, they didn't do anything before they met me, and 
And I think our third date, I found out that Jessica had taken, uh, she had taken Hunter Ed in her PE class in high school. And by day 10 of us dating, she was in a, a deer blind and actually <laughs> killed like 145 inch eight pointer. Like, I mean, it was, it was that fast. And so since then she was hooked and then coming full circle, all the kids have now killed turkeys. They've all killed deer. Um, just has shot some coyotes. We've been antelope hunting. We've been all dead hunting. We've, we've hunted a lot of different stuff, but I think the coolest thing for us is, as flatlanders awesome. is I've, I've been lucky enough to go all over and film all over and kill stuff all over and whatever, but it was the introducing to the next generation or a new hunter that kind of refired me up because it, it, it started being not started being, I guess like every deer is still cool, but it was, I'm going deer hunting this year. And it was just kind of routine, I guess. And so when I was able to introduce Jessica and, and she killed a couple deer with her crossbow and then she made a, like a solid decision of, you know, I'm not doing a crossbow anymore. I want to be able to get my weight up to uh, an actual compound bow and go out and shoot a deer with that. Now she's done that a couple times and killed great deer with that. And then you go to our oldest who's now 10, who shot five deer, our middle is nine is shot two deer, which one of them was 172 inch deer. Ooh, the biggest ooh. one in the family ever. My biggest yeah. 166. And he shot a 172 on his first day Oof. of his first hunt ever. He's Run. ruined. I mean, He's ruined. Talk about <laughs> ultimate bragging rights of the family. When you walk no out and you're 172 walks in, shoots it, runs 40 yards, tips over. And he's like, did I win the big buck competition? He said, what's like, so yeah. hard about this guys? <laughs> right. right. We're in a muddy blind and it's, it's 50 degrees outside and he shoots it and it tips right over in the soybean field and it doesn't have any hard drags, no nothing. And then our youngest is a, she's a seven year old girl. And I think she might be the most ate up with it of anybody. And she goes out, she loves going out and she's killed, I think 40 or now. So, I mean, awesome. it's, 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 and, and you know, and, and one more off topic thing. It's another thing is thank God we live in Kansas and not New York because I mean, New York, I can't, th- I think they can't hunt until they're like 15, 12, yeah. 15. I really? don't know which one, but yeah, they can't hunt at all. I got some buddies up there that they want to take their kids hunting and they legally cannot. So they have to travel to different States in the Midwest. So their kids can hunt at all. Yeah, Are they at least allowed so, to go hunting with their parents? Track there, but... Or not even that. I think they can go hunting with them. No, I think they can go with them and like, but they can't hunt. They can just go tag along, which, you know, as a kid, I mean, you're not going to want to just go sit in the woods if you can't be the one behind the gun or whatever. I mean, if, if you can't go and, and you, if, especially you say you're going with your parents just to watch them and you don't see anything, I'd rather be on a Game Boy or a Nintendo or an iPad or, you know what I mean? So you got to get them out there and they have to get behind the trigger and actually get a possibility of it and, yeah. Then backing up just a little bit before that is they want to go out and learn all the things that you're doing. They want to go out and shoot a crossbow or a 22 or whatever. You know what I mean? They got to, if you, if you can't get them hooked till 15, they're going to be hooked on other things and then they're going to be hunters. Yeah. Well, that's, that's so, New York for you. Long winded way of, of exactly what flatlanders is, I guess. But, uh, <laughs> okay. there you go. Hey, that's awesome. Well, and you know, um, like you said, you've, you've, uh, filmed, all over the place, uh, mainly for the Outdoor Channel, if I'm not mistaken, through the years. And you filmed some really cool yeah, people. So you, you mentioned you got to do uh, some cool uh, cool guests there. Well, not guests. I mean, you filmed for them. But uh, who all have you gotten to? Yeah. Uh, so Let's do some name my, dropping here. Uh, I want to hear them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so my, my 
I filmed for 12 years on the Outdoor Channel. My mainstay was with a show called Shawn Michaels McMillan River Ventures, which Shawn Michaels, for people who don't know, was HBK, WWE wrestler. Heartbreak kid. Ever. Yeah, yeah. So he he came out of – he retired and then started a hunting show. And so If you guys don't know who Shawn Michaels is, stop for, listening to us. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, <laughs> it's going to get worse. Because, so I filmed him and a guy named Keith Mark. They had a show called Shawn Michaels McMillan River Adventures. McMillan River Adventures is a moose hunting concession in the Yukon. And so kind of our homebody, I guess, was the Yukon where we went up every year and we'd shoot a couple moose. And so in the Yukon, I was lucky to film. Um, so Keith, obviously, he shot the world record with a muzzleloader. I filmed that. No way. Uh, Sean shot five or six moose with uh, all with bows. Uh, Jeff Foxworthy came up with us and hunted with us. Um, Donald Trump Jr. came up and hunted with us. Rock Borleone. Um a lot of really cool people came up and the cool thing about it was you got to see him kind of in their raw element. When Fox really shot his moose, he literally shot it. The moose ran off. It tipped over at 50 yards. He dropped to his knees and cried. And it was like the true rawest emotion you could ever possibly see. Michael Waddell, he came up and shot one with us one time. So it was a lucky, right? So I, I mean, I was able to wrestling wise, I got to film Stone Cold Steve Austin down at his ranch down in Victoria, Texas. That's sweet. Uh Triple H Triple H did uh gator hunts with us down in Florida. <laughs> is before, is so. he as large of a human being as he looks like? Oh yeah. Yeah. He oh, looks like a I giant mean, person. <laughs> yeah. It was so it, speaking of giant people, being with Sean, Raw one thousand was actually in St. Louis. And so we went to Raw 1000 with Sean and got to go backstage and meet The Rock and Brock Lesnar. And those dudes are just like not natural human beings. They're so freaking big and just ridiculous, bigger than life type people. It's it was really cool. I got I got really lucky and got to do a lot of really cool things with with Sean and Keith on that McMillan River Adventure show. And it was uh, that's awesome. it was cool. I mean, yeah, I got to film in Alaska, Africa, New Zealand. Um. We got, I mean, it was, it was very, very cool. Sean would be in the airports and in middle of nowhere, Africa, no running water, anything. And they knew exactly who Sean Michaels was. They, they, they watched him on VHS tapes. They literally take his passport (laughs) and take pictures of his passport and stuff in the middle of these airports that were so tiny, tiny, but they knew exactly who Sean Michaels was, no matter where you were in the world. So that is really, really really cool. Yeah. So how many years, uh, I guess, have you been like professionally filming? Oh, I don't, I don't know. I think I start my, my very first trip was with, uh, Jim Burnworth. He did a show called Western extreme on the outdoor channel for a long time. And we did a, it was a, I was 21 and I'm 34 now. So 14 years. That was an interesting trip too, because we went Wyoming and then straight to the Yukon and when I was in the Yukon with Keith, we got charged by a moose and he shot it with the bow on a full charge and killed it. It ran 25 oh, yards, tipped over God. dead. And then the next day, Ted Nugent showed up and I filmed him shoot his first ever moose at 20 yards and it ran off and, and died. And that was that was my first trip ever filming ever. And I filmed an elk hunt and a moose hunt and literally came back and was like, what the hell did I just do? Like, <laughs> Dude, I feel like I feel like in what 13, 14 years, you've had literally like a Hall of Fame filmer's oh, career. Yeah, 
Like, yeah, you know, yeah. we've been talking about Patrick Mahomes the last couple, like how he's had a Hall of Fame, like, first six years. Right. Josh is sitting here talking about, like, 13 years of filming. And in my mind, this is like a Hall of Fame film. Like, if Line I could, up. If I could, yeah. That, that's crazy, man. Although I will say, not to, to discount any of the wrestlers we've talked about, I was a big wrestling fan when I was a kid. And we have not said my favorite wrestler's name yet. Do you want to guess who it was? Parker was terrible. No, nah, he was a stud. He wasn't a mainstream. Like okay. he, was, he was mainstream. He was mainstream. But he was not everybody's favorite wrestler. He was on WWE or WCW, I guess, when it was first that. You'd that probably helps. be like a Scott Hall or nah. a, a Kevin Nash person. Nah. No. You jabroni. Sting. I mean, give us a hint. I got okay. That. Sting. Okay. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. And it was always because I yeah, I used to collect their like action figures, and he'd always have these different face paints and different pants, and I was like, oh, he's wearing the scorpion ones today. He was my favorite one. Yep. Yeah. Then he went bad. He went to the NWO. Man, I was big into wrestling when I was young. <laughs> it was fun. I was, too. I was huge into. It. I was actually in. Missouri in uh, Kemper Arena when Owen Hart fell from the ceiling. Are you oh, serious? Man. Yeah, I was at that. So. Oh, no. Yeah. So did they – what happened – I mean, did they shut it down No. at that moment? They, no. Well, I mean, at that moment, yeah, but Owen Hart fell from the ceiling and hit the ropes on the edge there. And, and I mean, you didn't know if – in the arena, you don't really know if he's dead or alive or it's a dummy. I mean, it's wrestling. Nothing's mm-hmm, real. Right. And then – they they cart him out and whatever and and you sat there for ten or fifteen minutes with nothing happening and then the hoe train hit and Godfather walked out and you're like well, all right show's back <laughs> on we had no idea and you like find out later yeah, that he passed away man yeah I watched it later and like they had announced they're like oh Owen Hart has died and and then like the hoe train and like, <laughs> like yeah. show like, goes oh, on GM yeah he just died and we had no idea but mm, dang um. Yeah, that's pretty awesome, man. I mean, and then as your career's kind of morphed, um, you know, Mike and I, I don't even know how we got on the subject of the books uh, when we were talking to you and Jess at ATA, but um, you have now out- become an author, um, which I, which I know you've written things, things, things before, but these are these are books. Um, what what made you think about going down this road? Which yeah. I already kind of know the story. I mean, but tell us about what you're doing now. I mean, they're not just books. They're yeah. We'll we'll get into exactly what they are. But what made you? Well, where did this idea come from? Um, I was with Jess in a Target, and we're walking in the book section, and I'm walking through, and I'm like, these things are garbage. We were looking for a baby shower book, and I'm like, nothing here talks country or hunting or fishing or outdoors or I mean, it's they're dumb. They were all literally just dumb i mean captain underpants i mean just stuff that like i couldn't relate to at all when i was a kid and so i was like i gotta write a kid's book and i mean i'm an idea guy just she she appeases it she just like oh that's great you know what i mean Mm because i just i have a million ideas all the time and so i said i was like i'm gonna write a kid's book and by the time we left target i had written the book you're holding deer hunting with dad i'd wrote the entire thing on my notes in 45 minutes while Jess was shopping. And I started reading it to her when we were driving home and, and she's like, I actually think you're kind of onto something here. And I, I read it to a couple of buddies that are in the industry and they're like, you know, you've had a lot of ideas, but I think this one might stick. And here we are. I mean, that was, that was literally January of 22 and now we're in February of 23 and I have four, four books out 
and a coloring book and two more in illustration with a backlog of ones that I've written. So it's nice. It's 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 went from a idea in Target to now, which I had no idea. I, I mean, I've been a cameraman editor type guy for, like I said, I guess fourteen years, and writing a book was never on my radar. Never even thought I could write a book or do anything. Now I was able to go out, write it, get it illustrated. And, uh, now it's, it was in the top 20,000 books sold on Amazon during Christmas time, which 20,000 top 20,000 doesn't sound like that great. But when there's 3.2 million books, say, there's like a that's, lot of that's a top percentage right there. Yeah. You need to say percentile. It makes it sound better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. well, we'll talk about the book that's in our hand now, but the what four percentile books, is that? well, 20,000 divided by 3.2 million. I don't know, and then I'll be able to tell you. But uh, we're going to talk about the one that is in our hands right now, but the four he's got are Deer Hunting with Dad, Turkey Hunting with Dad, Sadie's Gone Fishing, and Catfishing with Grandpa, and then the coloring book is titled Hank the Outdoorsman, uh, the coloring book. They're all centered around Hank the Outdoorsman. So do you want to explain that a little bit, Josh? That's the top 1%. told you. One percentile right there. Sounds better to say it that way. 99, right. 99 percentile actually would be the way you, you said say twenty thousand right. top twenty thousand right yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah you're in yeah, the top so that's top one percent man that's freaking sweet yeah which is pretty good for a hunt a kid's hunting book to right. get in there and just, I mean it, so we were able to to touch some well, that doesn't sound good but we were able to reach <laughs> some children <laughs> we were able to reach some children uh, during this outdoor season and i mean it kind of just goes to show that there isn't anything there's not a whole lot of them out there that are like that so yeah so all the books are right now they're centered around uh, hank the outdoorsman right yeah. um, so, so kind of talk about that theme hank was i mean hank the name was when jess and i first started dating we said if we ever had a kid what would you name it and i was like well if it was a boy it'd be hank and she said that's exactly the name that i was gonna like so that was just kind of our name we've if we ever had a kid and it was a boy it would be named hank and so this is kind of the creation of that and then it just kind of morphed around like well childhood experiences like i've wrote i've wrote books about uh hank goes to school and and the the mom and the dad and the grandpa pull Hank out of school and take him fishing. Well, you're just pulling stuff off personal experiences because just like you guys, I can remember the first time I ever went deer hunting. I didn't, I wasn't hunting, but I was, my grandpa had made a wooden stand and he chained it to a tree three feet off the ground. And I, I sat for kicking off the edge and he tree stands away. And I thought I was deer hunting. You know, I mean, I had no idea what I was doing. I was just sitting there. I was sure I was being loud and annoying, and I'd be sitting there like, "Stop moving, stop moving." But my, I mean, my grandpa knew he was what he. We'd walk through the woods shooting stumps with our bows, and and my grandpa always did a cool thing where he would take. He always had pocket change. You know, I mean, every grandpa has pocket change. He'd take pocket change and flip it into stumps, and he's like, you know, someday, one hundred years down the road, somebody's going to find that. It's going to be worth something. So just little stuff like that <laughs> that your family or friends did, or something that that just. To, to some people, it's stupid, but to guys like us, it's like, no, that's really, I mean, yeah. looking back on it now, you're like, that's cool. And that's like a, a core memory, I guess you would say that like, yeah. I mean, little tiny, stupid stuff like that just stands out to a kid. So I've kind of just taken those life experiences that I had when I was a kid or or that I've witnessed going through and filming stuff and just took them and now put them into books and, and just trying to touch it 
every area that a kid could even remotely want to go to with deer hunting and turkey hunting. And the next one kind of spoiler alert a little bit, the, the next one's duck hunting. There you so, go. so, uh, Hank goes with his mom and mom and dad. This is the first time mom ever goes hunting, but mom and dad go hunting in an A-frame blind in a cornfield. And, and Hank actually learns how to call and he's the one who calls them in for, for his parents. So, I mean, it's kind of, it's building up to down the road. I think Hank will be hunting. So then you'll be following Hank along as he's hunting and, I don't know. It, it, I want to have more titles than Dr. Seuss. Let's put it yeah. that. That's pretty <laughs> awesome. Well, and, and you're exactly right. That's those stupid stories that, you know, people think you have are how the legacy moves on. You yeah. know, I mean, so, you know, your children, Andy's uh, daughter is starting to get out there with him right now. You know, my sons, um, I missed the boat with my 15-year-old daughter. She has no desire, but I'm going to keep on her. Maybe someday she'll come back around. Um, you know, these, these things they have happened to them are a lot bigger deal to them than you think they are as their parent. And, you know, they remember those stories. Like you were saying, your grandpa didn't think anything of throwing that pocket change into stumps, but here you are, you know, 30 years later, 20 years later talking about it. And, you know, my, my, hopefully my sons don't think anything. I don't, you know, they, I don't think anything about some of the stuff I've said in the tree stand with them or wherever, you know, turkey hunting with them. Um, but they remember those things. My son still, my oldest son still talks about the time we went turkey hunting together, the three of us. Oh, really? And how I uh, remember how we walked in on that, that roosted mm-hmm. uh, jake yeah, exactly or whatever it was. And we ended up having to sit down and I remember having him in between my legs, like up against my chest. So you because, could help him, yeah. And... He was like, I was nervous, but then I wasn't nervous because you you were holding me. Well, I didn't realize, but I was <laughs> yeah, like, I, can, I was holding him. He's got a gorilla grip around his kid. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think the reason yeah, was I was like keeping him still. Like I was right. tr- like that turkey was so close and he hadn't come down off the roost yet. So we were just trying to wait for him to fly down. And then he flies right. the opposite direction. But, um, you know, it's it was just he's going to remember those things forever. And then this is just another way for kids to remember stuff about getting into the outdoors is I remember that book you bought me mom or dad yeah. when I was, you know, I six. Go do what Hank does. Or, yeah. Right. But yeah, I like- yeah, and that's kind of the exact thing we want to, these are, it's, it's a bedtime story. And we have a lot of people come back and say like their kids come back to it. Well, bedtime stories. I mean, like the big bad wolf, everybody thinks wolves are bad because of the big bad wolf. Wolves are bad. But everybody reiterates that they're bad because of the big bad wolf. Well, if you can instill positive hunting into their brains while they're young, well, then you can go to that. And I don't think your your son he remembers a little bit of that. There was probably more to it, but it was probably a lack of oxygen to the brain because you probably had him. <laughs> very possible. <laughs> very possible. Uh, it was just I, I. I'll you know what's crazy is I'll remember that hunt forever too, just because I think that was the first time I'd ever taken him turkey hunting. I think it was one of the first time we went. I, yeah. I can't remember for sure, but it was just like we got in there a little bit late and we're we're going to the spot we want to be, and boom, there's a turkey. And we're just like, oh, no, what do we do now? Because he can see us if he's got his eyes open. Right. And it was just, you know, like I thought it was so cool because that he saw a turkey, mm-hmm. you know, his first hunt. We didn't kill anything. It was still But success, it was though. still cool. But even if, you, I mean, even if you went there and you didn't see that turkey, right, 
the kids kids remember just the I mean the smallest thing that you and I just take for granted. If you went in there and you didn't see a turkey, he would remember waking up. You probably spilt your coffee in the truck. He probably got a little muddy. You know what I mean? Just those little tiny things that even if he didn't see a turkey, he was out there and made memories. If it wasn't a turkey, it would have been you found some mushrooms or you played in the mud or, you know what I mean? You guys were bantering back and forth and, and making fun of each other. And he thought he was one of the guys. And <laughs> you know what I mean? So kids pick up on that little stuff that, I mean, yeah, they obviously they want to kill something or see something or whatever, but just being a part of the, the club, I guess you would say yep. is, I mean, they'll remember that stuff forever. I remember yeah. that. I mean, I remember waking up early and driving down to Meridazine, Kansas and, and going down there and hunting with my dad and the very first duck I ever killed standing in the smallest weeping willow patch you could ever possibly imagine. And a hen mallard floated in and I shot it and I thought I was Fred Zink. I mean, I thought <laughs> I was, I was, I was the dude. I, I could kill everything and anything ever out there. You know, actually, matter of fact, I wish I could find it. It's, it's in my office, but on the back on the back of a picture, it's a picture of my brother and I in front of an old bridge. If you open the back of the picture, it has in there, I ought to go get it. On the back of the picture, it says like 2001. And I was so ate up that every year I would keep, there's a post-it note on the back of the picture for every year that I hunted. And it told exactly what I shot that year, whether it was like, I mean, I had banner years where it was like a snow goose, two ducks and a quail. And I write up, and I and that was like, I mean, that was top shelf. Like, I, mean, I, was, I was like fourteen years, I was thirteen, fourteen years old. I mean, if I killed five or six things in a year, I killed a, a deer, a turkey. You know, I mean, two quail and a pheasant, like oh, record books. You know, I mean, write it down. Like I'm, I'm, I'm somebody. I'm Fred Bear. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah. I mean, it, it didn't it didn't take a lot to appease me when I was a little hunting, but yeah. it was fun. That's for sure. And now looking back, and I found that just last year. And I found that and I was like, man, that is cool. And something you're going to look back on because I mean, I don't know about you, but like those mounts on the wall, can you, do you know exactly where you killed them? Because I mean, there's, there's some, honestly, there's some in here that I'm going to have to write them on the back. Cause I guarantee you in 30 years, yeah, there's going to be other ones on the wall. And I'm going to say, damn, like I killed that one in at my grandpa's in 2010. You know, yeah. I, funny, funny. You should say 2060, that. Because I've I've talked about keeping a journal for years and I've not done it yet, yeah. and I need to now. Like mm-hmm. so, on the back of all of my mounts, I'll write the date, the nickname of the deer if it has any nickname, and what it scored. And but you're right. Like as my sons get more into it, you know, they've both killed a deer now. Um, one of them was a buck, and when I'm 60, 65, 70, and I look at that deer and I'm like, did I kill that thing or whose is that? You know, hopefully it'll be at their house by then, but, um, keeping a journal about those because right now I can look at every deer I've ever killed and remember the story. I can remember everything about it. Part of that is my OCD brain and my photographic, like I can remember sports scores when I was 17 years old, but other stuff, I don't remember any of it. Like names, I yeah. suck at, but I can remember scores of games or, or, you know, stuff that happened to me. But eventually, those memories are going to get less sharp. Yeah. Right? And you're right. A journal, something to kind of remind you of what happened. Um, a good friend of ours of the show, Tristan Williams, he keeps a journal every time he goes hunting. Just every little thing. I wish I had started doing that when I first hunted. You know, just no, sure. every day, who I went with, what I did, uh, and I haven't, and I need to. 
but yeah. life gets busy. I, I know, yeah. I know some guys that do that, especially with deer stuff where they know that like the rut, I mean, it's going to be these three, four, five, six hot days, no matter if it's hot or cold, they still rut it just the same on those, those few days. I mean, God, how valuable is that information? Because he's still hunting the same spots he was hunting 10 years ago. Right. So if you know, like, hey, I mean, hey, uh, on November 9th, my mom's birthday, there's some big deer always get killed. Well, I know that November 9th on my property, like they're running like crazy. Or I know I've killed most, I would say most of the deer I've ever killed is October 23rd because they're starting to feed up for the rut and all that stuff. And I know that because on my property, that is, well, somebody else's properties. Maybe it isn't, but you know your properties that well. So I wish, hundred yeah. percent. I wish I did the journal thing. And yeah, now you're like, man, I don't know if I want to start now. I'm getting pretty old. I'm 35, but like, <laughs> right, <laughs> got plenty of time. Yeah. But so I think it's cool. Like like you said, yep. I mean, kind of on the same lines. In the back of the book here, you put some questions just to kind of keep kids, you know, intrigued or thinking. But I like number three. You said, "How did you feel when Dad harvested his biggest buck?" And that's not like an answer in the book. I don't believe. It is basically how did you feel reading this book? What did it make you feel? Like make kids think about it. You know, were they excited? Were they I, I like that. That's a feature I really like. But you know, it got that kid thinking about it and what what feelings that because that's hunting these experiences we're talking about, taking notes about. I mean, that's what it's doing. It's creating these that's why you remember him, is because it made you feel something. It made you feel yep. excited. It made you feel whatever you want to talk I mean, however you want to describe it. But yeah. uh, I and, think that's cool about that, the book. Yeah, and in, in that same breath, it, is, it, it it's how that kid felt. Like right. his daughter doesn't really like hunting. That's okay. It's not yep. for everybody. That's that's perfectly fine, and you can't right. push them to love the outdoors. If they don't love it, that's okay. Find what they do love and go spend time doing that. Yep. And if they, if they read that question, it's like, yeah, really, it made me sad. Well, you can go and explain to them, well – I'm, I understand it makes you sad, but it's the circle of life and, mm-hmm. and deer need to be harvested and numbers need to be maintained and, and he shot it to feed his family. I think that's one of the things like our kids, I think they pride themselves the most. Like, do our kids love score? Absolutely. What kid isn't going to I mean, everybody wants right. to hit a home run, not a single, right? So yep. you hit a home run, like that's really cool. They want to shoot the biggest buck they can. But I think the coolest thing is when – we sit down to dinner and they know we're eating deer seeks. They literally ask every single time who shot this deer. Right. It's like, they're proud of like who who's providing dinner tonight for our family, which, which kid provided dinner. Cause heck it usually it is kids. (laughs) (laughs) There's only two of us. So, so three of the times we could be having their deer. So my son's the one who provided deer for us this year, you know? Yeah. And, and I think what's cool is, and I'm not saying everybody's got to do this, but, one thing I wanted to do with both of my son's first deer where I wanted each of them to know what it was like to feed others. So both of their first deer, we only got half of the deer back. I made sure we went to a processor that would allow us to donate a portion of the deer because I wanted them to eat their first deer, right. but then I wanted them to feel like, Hey, you know, You're you, helping you can help others too. Yeah. You know, when you kill a deer, you don't have to, um, you know, always, you know, be full of your freezer. If you feel pretty good about what you've got, you can help feed others. And, you know, I think that was cool. Another really cool I thing I thought about your book was, and I don't want to give too much of it away because I want people to, to buy it and read it. Right. But I have to give a shout out to Brian. 
the illustrator because what I thought was really cool is as you were reading along, you got there's pictures in the book that kind of tie in the um, the story, and then the the kid can visually look at some stuff and say, okay, I see what he means. Oh, this is cool. You know, the buck in this situation, um, you know, deer hunting with dad is a pretty nice buck, right? He's got some split G1s. Looks pretty sweet. He looks bladed up right here. You know, like you can you can kind of like well, experience the, question, the story right along the as a kid. Is, is how many points was it? I think you have to go back and count, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. yeah. Keeps them. Well, and, and you talked about your OCD. My <laughs> OCD is when you see a commercial or an ad that says, check out this duck call and it's the goose call. Or they say, look at that buck, and it's a stag. You know what I mean? So when I made this, I made positive that, like, everything is going to be anatomically correct. All the gears are going to be right. You know I mean, dad's going to have the right bow with the right arrows looking the right way because you don't know what a kid's going to pick up on, like, even, like, form-wise, you know not, what I mean, or his release. He's or, not I mean, holding just, a right-handed bow left-handed. or Exactly. Just little yeah. stuff like that. And, I mean, heck, there might be mistakes. I'm not sure. But, like, just little tiny things that that go, I think, a long way. So when, in our head, it's like dad's buying this book because he has these memories of his dad or grandpa. Yep. Well, he's – it's it's a little double edged sword, right? So he's buying it because he it brings back those memories from him. Then he knows he wants to plant those in his kids. Mm-hmm. So you're it's kind of a you're the one buying it. <laughs> you know, what I mean the kid's not buying it. You're buying it for the kid. So you're getting those memories of like then after you read this book to me, like, man, I tell you what, when I was a kid, we did these and God forbid you pulled out actually four by six hard pictures and showed those kids like the, I mean, they wouldn't even know if it, what, it, what it was, if it wasn't on a screen. <laughs> what's what's so, this book you got here? Yeah. Yeah. What's, what the hell's a book? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I exactly. can tell you mom and dad's house. This I, book isn't on a Kindle. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, this book isn't, on a Kindle. I don't understand what's happening. I here, can't so. scroll. I don't every, know every one of our books. Right. Every one of our books is based around and it kind of ends with, uh, a subtle jab at technology, right? So it, there's always a, you can't get these memories by being on a video game type thing. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of, a lot of, uh, not, I guess, negative toward technology, but kind of like, right. you don't, you don't make memories being inside our, our kids, just like everybody else's, they like being on screen time, but I mean, they, they're outside all the time because we tell them like, are you going to remember your, your high score on, whatever you're playing or you remember going outside and playing baseball with your friends and something cool happens and God forbid you hit a baseball and it goes through a window. You'll remember that forever. You remember like playing among us or something stupid. Like when you're a kid, no, you won't even remember what among us is. It's it's a dumb game. Like go outside and make memories. You know, it wasn't a dumb game. Mortal Mortal Kombat Kombat was terrible, but, but you're exactly right. That's what I was getting to say. Like you're, you're, you mentioned core memories earlier. I mean, your core memories, I have zero. I don't know what my high score in Call of Duty was. I used to play it all the time. I have no mm-hmm. idea what any of those things are. I could tell you, I mean, the story about almost every single deer I killed. I mean, the ones I was with my mom, ones I was with my dad. Uh, the, my first deer I killed on my own. I mean, you know, my dad's turkey hunting lessons. I mean, he would talk about it, but it was, just go do it. What do you yep. mean? Go try, see if it works. There's turkeys back mm-hmm. there. Go mess up some. That's, I mean, that's a lot of how, how it was. was. Just go out and just 
I want to say jacked around the woods with a shotgun, but I jacked around the woods with a shotgun <laughs> and a turkey call. <laughs> right. Yep. Right. Well, I mean, and, and you had 22s or, or Red Rider BB guns that there wasn't a songbird safe around oh, no. when, I was, when I was around there. I mean, I never killed any because that'd be illegal. But right. like, there was not a, like, I sure scared a lot of them and shot a lot of pop cans and stuff, which makes you sound crazy. Oh, oh I shot a bunch of pop cans off the string back there. No, I shot a pile of pop cans with a BB gun just yep. because, and, and just chased them around the yard. You'd shoot them and they'd shoot over six inches. You shoot them again and just keep trying to push them down. The, I mean, stuff like that. I mean, heck, if you did it in some places, you you'd just get in trouble. But, yeah. I mean, yep. let kids be kids and let them just get outside and enjoy and adventure and, and learn. Yeah, and yep. books like this drive that home. Another thing I like about his books was the words to know section. Mm-hmm. You know, because the parent knows a lot of these things. But like a knock – what is a knock? Well, you also After they think, read it to the kid, they can kind of go through that with them and say, hey, do you know what a knock is? You also well, have to think that, that is. this is also hitting, I mean, I'm sure obviously Josh is aware, but not every kid lives in an outdoor community. Not every nope. parent lives in an outdoor community. And I feel like these books hit a niche. I mean, you're right. You walk into Walmart, walk into Target, whatever. There's not stuff that teaches the outdoors for, for, for kids. I bet you there's parents that don't know what some of those words are, a knock or a what I mean. They don't bow hunt. They don't know what it's called. Yeah. So this is a, I mean. This is a good way for yeah. all of them to learn sometimes. Yeah, you make yeah. a good point. It doesn't have to be, this could be a book bought by people who don't even hunt. Right. Uh, or fish or, you know, the other four, the other three books that he's got um, just to get them all interested. And, you know, like I said, I, I think you did a great job. My OCD was, um entertained during this book uh even to the point where you've got your bow drawn back i'm looking at the broadhead going i wonder if that's a slick trick is that an exodus what is that because it's a really good detailed like you can see the broadhead i can tell it's a three blade fixed head i'm pretty sure and i'm sitting there going i wonder what that is (laughs) you know (laughs) so i know my, my buddy brian he's not a hunter so i had to go through and like make sure and be meticulous and send him screenshots of every single thing and exactly what I want. I mean, down to the, the food plot, lettuce looking stuff that's in the field. You know what I mean? Well, that's obviously for everybody to know, like turnips and radishes and stuff like that. Well, I mean, for a guy who doesn't know that, I mean, the outdoors is kind of a funky world. Like we go and, and till up good land and plant stuff that's going to die. And then, <laughs> and then we do it again next year and spend a bunch of money and dump a bunch of fertilizer in the ground to hopefully make it bigger and better next year and whatever. And to normal people, that's not normal. Right. But to us, it's like, I mean, that's, that's normal. And I wouldn't we're doing, imagine yeah. my life any other way. Yeah. Definitely agree with you, man. But I mean, you know, deer hunting with dad is the book that uh, I read to my sons when we got back from ATA um bennett liked it obviously a lot um can i do that dad can that be me you know and that i think that's exactly what these books are doing is um you're right you know bringing a book to you know the hunting community for kids because uh, you're right i didn't know of anything i think this feels a huge void yeah that's that's needed well i appreciate it that was exactly the goal i mean one of the lines in there is uh my dad's a camouflage superhero. Well, I mean, the, what kid doesn't want to grow up to be just like their dad? And when hopefully when your son said that, like, hey, can I do this or whatever? I mean, can we do it right now? No, but we can go fishing. We can go shoot a bow. We can go, I mean, give them another alternative that we can do right now. We can go shed hunting. We can go, I mean, I can go do whatever. Go fishing, go shoot bows, go, I mean, 
whittle whittle sticks. Who cares? I mean, anything that gets them outdoors and and yeah. loving that. I mean, I, my kids like the peace and quiet. Believe it or not, I mean, they're loud kids. Don't get me wrong, but they like going inside, outside, and and uh, sitting in peace and quiet. So is there a plan on, uh, you know, I, I guess a series? I mean, you have, what, four now? You said a couple in the hopper in multiple waiting. I mean, is there a plan on that? Uh, Hank's about to be busy, it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there there definitely is a plan. Um, but, uh, I, I again, I've never done this before, right? right? So And I'm not going to go with a publisher because a publisher just, they take everything. So there's no there's no means of of going and doing it, and it's it's – you can't even break even, right? So right. I'm I'm doing it all on my own. So uh, my wife's a big Shark Tank person. So I want to go to the big box stores with these and whatever, but I don't have all the answers to all the questions yet as far as right now, the one you're holding is a paperback. Well, now I need to go through and get all these into hardback books because parents want hardback books more than they want paperback books because a kid's going to tear up that deer thing with dad and then God forbid you have to buy another one. And uh, darn it, you know, say darn it, stick with the paperback, damn yeah. it, <laughs> right? Right, so we're, we're crossing all of our eyes and or crossing all of our T's and dotting all of our eyes and trying to get the hardbacks going and everything and making sure we have everything perfect before we go into those bigger meetings. And they say, Hey, uh, well, what's, what's your hardback cost? And we're like, Oh, shit, we haven't even thought of that yet, you know what I mean? So we yeah. want to make sure we have everything in uh, ducks in a row i guess you would say that before we Dude. we venture out too far from our comfort zone because yeah we, we've never done this before i mean my my wife's in marketing and and stuff like that so we have kind of an idea and i'm in the outdoor industry obviously and so like i know a decent amount of what hunters want or outdoor companies want or whatever so we're trying to actually try to find some partners and, and the, that people that would kind of move like, like an NWTF with the turkey hunting with dad or a yep. ducks unlimited with the, uh, the duck hunting book that we're working on. So stuff like that, we're just trying to, uh, grow and evolve. And we're only a year into this and we sold thousands of books, I would say last year, which if you can sell thousands in the first year of what you're doing, like, I mean, this, this literally came off notes on my phone. So I, I, it, it's, it's gone yeah. bigger and better than I could have ever planned right now. And, uh, we're just trying to, get it to everybody because if it gets in one kid's hand, how do you know they don't give it to another kid or influence another kid? And then you make another kid a hunter. So that's, that's the end goal. That's awesome. Yeah. And that's why we wanted to have you on. I think, you know, bringing more awareness to books like this out there for, for kids, uh, is kind of our goal with having you on today. Um, so before, you know, we wrap a bow on this one, uh, why don't you tell people how they can find your books so that they can buy one get their hands on um, we will link the amazon um i'm assuming that's probably the easiest way people to find them but you know uh tell them how they can get a hold of you guys and how they can get a hold get their hands on one of these books yeah so hank the outdoorsman.com is uh where all the books are on our website obviously amazon has them as well um flatlanders tv is where you can find our show um we're on youtube carbon tv mossy oak go um and looking to be actually on a another tv network possibly next year so we're we're growing and evolving on that end too so we, we're we're busy we're we are bu- between kids baseballs and gymnastics and hank the outdoorsman and my wife has two businesses and i have i mean it's a lot so we're okay. we're we're doing the best we can and uh moving and evolving and uh trying to take over the world awesome well 
Uh, go ahead, Andy. I was going to say a core memory of mine. You talking about? I keep going back to that, but like you're talking about kids being busy and everything. I remember I got to miss <laughs> was youth season. I'd get to miss basketball practice and go deer hunting. But the agreement with the coach was I had to bring him some deer sticks. Yeah, he had to get some jerky from it, and that my my absence would be excused. So I, mean, I can remember that uh, just as a core memory. I'm surprised cool. there was anybody at practice growing up in a farm town like that yeah. during youth season. <laughs> but um, once again, right. for the yeah. listeners, the books are Deer Hunting with Dad, Turkey Hunting with Dad, Sadie's Gone Fishing, and Cat Fishing with Grandpa. He's got four books out right now and – there is a coloring book that you can uh, pick up too for the kids. So um, be sure to check them out. We will link the website and uh, uh, the Amazon uh, link to the books so that folks can t- can pick them up and support this awesome, uh, you know, this awesome thing that Flatlanders is doing. Um, and uh, Josh, we appreciate your time and, and coming on. Yeah, fellas, I appreciate it for sure. And uh, if there's any time that you guys are going to be like, like we, we had met at the, the bud shoot down in Marshall, Missouri. If you guys yeah. are going to do one of those, let us know because we'd love to, to join up with you guys again. We're we're looking to do 3Ds again, and you guys are just kind of hop, skip it, and jump away. Hey, yeah, we like definitely need to. We we didn't do a very good job last year doing them. You guys sure. used to shoot at one, if I remember right. There's one out by you, so it was like an elevated 3D archery place. What was yep. I always wanted to go? I yep. never elevated made it archery. out there. Yep. Elevated archery. Yeah. Oh, that's easy enough. Yep. Elevated yep. archery. I always wanted to yep. make it out there and try that because it, it did that, but we never did. Uh, I remember yep. you, you're the one that told me about that. Yeah, it's a great spot. Elevated archery. It's a you you kind of there's a deck and you step out onto a tree stand and that's your your hard angles down. And I think you can shoot out to like 80 yards now on, nice. out of a tree stand and it's all downward angles. Their the whole thing is trained like you hunt. So right. I like you go it out there and yeah, and you shoot from JP. He's a buddy of ours, but he's just kind of a dick sometimes. He puts like the squirrels <laughs> in the trees and the dude sells arrows and he likes to put them in spots where you lose arrows. So uh, hey. you're shooting 80 yards at a standing bear and you're shooting 10 yards at a squirrel in a tree that's behind two other trees. So it, it's, it's really fun and it does test you and it, it makes you it, it train like you hunt. That's exactly what you're doing when you're well, doing I, it. And uh, I can't, I can't say that I've never lost an arrow and I think Jess has a couple still stuck in the trees too. So Hey, that, that's all right. Sounds like a good time to me. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, Josh, with Flatlanders TV, thanks for coming on today, man. Yeah, fellas, have a great night.